On this episode, we talk to Nick Baker, CCO of one of the UK's fastest growing commercial banks, Alica Bank. We talk about how the market's changing, how you might be able to prepare for it, what makes a good banking partner, and much more. Now, it's time to spend 30 minutes in finance. Nick Baker, Chief Commercial Officer at Alica Bank. Um, sounds a fancy title. What it means is I'm responsible for our presence um, and performance across the broker market, um, as well as supporting our direct-to-customer relationship management team, um, which numbers over 20 now um, out in the field. Um, also uh, a non-exec director at the NACFB, National Association of Commercial Finance Brokers, which is a position I took up at the start of this year. Um, and in many ways, which we'll probably find out in this conversation, I'm a little bit odd. And the oddity is we've seen many um, lenders, uh, bankers go into brokerage, um, but I actually went the other way. So prior to joining Alica, a little over four years ago, um, which I can't quite believe, um, I spent 12 years at Christie Finance, which is part of Christie Group PLC. So I actually joined that business as a graduate commercial mortgage broker. Um, and progressed to become MD of the group's commercial broker businesses. Um, and that actually included uh, the commercial finance broker business and also the commercial insurance uh, brokerage business um, towards the end of my time with the group. Um, led Christie Finance to be probably, I think, a, a top five SME commercial mortgage broker. So that business was handling um, in the region of 300 million a year. Um, had a great time there, great people, built a great team. Um, enjoyed it thoroughly and was very lucky to be part of the, the journey there. Um, but then intellectual curiosity got the better of me, I think. Um, and I was presented with an opportunity for what was then known as Civilised Bank, which was pre-licensed, um, to join the management team there um, and take a bank into the, the market. So that definitely intrigued me. Um, and it's been quite, quite a four years with hopefully plenty more fuel left in the tank for the next 10 years or so. No, I appreciate that. And thanks for, for coming on, Nick. And I was going to ask what sort of prompted the, the move, because obviously <laughs> we knew each other back when you were a broker. Yeah. Um, and I think it is, a as you say, I know a lot of brokers that we talk to all the time that are looking for sort of funders to fund them to set up a, um, a lender. Um, but you've obviously gone and, and jumped straight into a bank, which is uh, an interesting <laughs> way around. And like you I say, yeah. I don't think too many people in the industry have made that move before. And there's been, no. I've, probably, I've probably learned the reasons why. Um, <laughs> but it's probably that sort of intersection between Christie Finance, fabulous business, fabulous team, and, and delighted that I still talk to, to most of the team on a weekly basis in this role, of course. But you kind of get to that point in your career where, and this is through the lens of, I still do not know what I want to be when I grow up, which is probably, which is probably no bad thing. And it's really around, it was probably an intersection of, do you become typecast in a role? Where would you like to expand your knowledge and experience? And probably from a broker going into a, a lender and helping to establish that lender, how can you take all of the things that you've learned? Um, and, you know, by no means have we got everything right, but you do go into the lender position with, you know, quite a clear understanding of how you think things should be done, how you think you can best support brokers and customers, 
um, and how that can be done with minimal fuss. And that's really been the focus is taking that 12 years brokerage experience and trying to apply it lend aside um, for the benefit of our brokers and customers. Yeah, because it is an interesting one because you've seen, obviously, and been working with probably dozens, if not hundreds of lenders before that. So you've got all that experience and seeing how it's done well as probably as well as how it's done badly. Um, so you can sort of shape what you're actually offering to people. Um, and what <laughs> is it that uh, Alica actually does? If you could sort of pitch yeah. it in a couple of sentences, like what I'll is its main aim? I've been off the front line for a long time and you're asking me for the elevator pitch. So I need to make sure I still, <laughs> I still know what we actually do. I, I think at our core, the, the easiest way of describing it is that we exist to serve established SMEs. Um, so they're really, and, and we're doing that in a market where a number of lenders um, who we know very, very well and we have an awful lot of respect for tend to focus on the property investor. Um, tend to focus on the property developer, tend to focus, I guess, not as, uh, they're not as laser focused as us on that established SME sector. So some sometimes I describe it to friends of mine outside of the industry as we fund property, but only because there's a business in it. So it's almost, you know, yes, the property is a security, but we're laser focused on that SME and how we can help them thrive. So, you know, <laughs> These businesses, these SME businesses, we always say they're vital to the economy, they're vital to the economy. Well, yeah, they're actually only around 5% of market by number, these firms, but they're 60% of GDP. And they're actually as well in terms of opportunities for brokers. Those SMEs hold about 70% of the lending stock. So lending that is out there in the market. So that's around 190 billion. Um, and when we looked into that market as we were establishing the business, it became really, really clear to us that established SMEs are significantly more complex than micro SMEs or, or individuals where you've got lenders that support individual and personal banking. And that created a real barrier to entry for many lenders. Um, I think that came more into focus as SME customers increasingly demand that digital experience post-COVID. Um, so the reality really is that SMEs are pretty awkward to service for many players in the market. So you've got micro SMEs that are served by a number of fintech challenges where they've got relatively simple banking needs. You've got the incumbent high street lenders that are working off of legacy systems from the 80s um, and processes that you know probably haven't been, <laughs> haven't been changed recently. Um, yet you've got these customers that need you know, that can have complexity and SME can be a complex thing um, to serve well. And we wanted to be able to serve them at scale. So again, if you think, you know, left-hand side of the chart, you've got micro SMEs, you know, kind of simple, pretty homogenous banking needs. At the upper end of the scale, you've got the high street lenders who have increasingly focused more on higher value corporates where I guess it's more economically viable for them to, to maintain their service offering and relationship managers. Yet in the middle, you've got businesses representing 60% of GDP who often need high touch, but need product. They need commercial mortgages. They need asset finance. They need a business current account. They need a relationship manager to help their business move forward. 
but they've often sat awkwardly. So that's really what we've set out to do. And we set out to do that through you know, a suite of lending products, but also crucially for our business, which is a pretty big differentiator, we recently launched a fully-fledged business current account. So that's where we're not just here to take deposits and lend money to businesses. That will always be the cornerstone of our business, but we want to be that true relationship partner for SMEs. Um, and the business current account is forming a, a massive part of that. So really, Alica, and I guess best way to look at it is through the lens of you know our colleagues in the bank. Um, there's over 300 of us now. Is you know what is it about for us? And for us, it's about being that SME challenger bank of choice for for the decade ahead. Being there where our customers need us, being there when our brokers need us, back in the market and doing that with really clear products, really clear processes, um, and doing it at speed. Um, so we're very, very proud of, of the speed at which we can support businesses. Um, to This year, actually, average of about three days in terms of decision-making speed at underwriting, wow. whereas we know most lenders can take weeks. Um, yeah, the reality is that's come under strain, um, and I'm sure we'll talk about what's happened in the market recently. But you know, we're trying to win on product range. We're trying to win on digital capabilities and service. Um, and... You know, really proud of the awards we've won in our first two and a bit years of operation um, because they're voted by our customers and by by our brokers. Um, and that's where, I guess, as a growing business, you have the obvious challenge of ensuring we maintain that unwavering focus on on the SME. Um, but the team are doing an amazing job in doing, doing just that. If you look at what we've got sort of out in the market at the moment, there's a, a well-developed commercial mortgage and asset finance offering. We're obviously a fully deposit-taking bank, so have a range of deposits for SMEs and for, for personal savers as well. Um, our field-based RMs, our business and current account in the market. I guess four years on, I can now say it is not boring working in a bank. <laughs> yeah, so when I, I, well, I left Barclays, must be, seven years ago or so and just as they were phasing out um the sort of sme managers sort of my that was my role while i was there as a, a business manager um and then as i was leaving we were being prompted to push people towards the telephone service to to that to the digital solutions basically to get them away from take taking any of my time which you know i always enjoyed that part and obviously it sounds like you guys have sort of come in where all the, the larger banks are wanting to sort of yeah. move away from um, it's, it's and sort of scooping up some think, of the customers. Yeah, if you think you've you've just said, sorry, you can tell I'm a broker, I'm always interrupting, I'm still a broker. <laughs> um, you, you, know, you just said you were, in, you, you were effectively encouraged not to have as much contact with your customer. Yeah, that, that's I, you know, exactly what I'd say, that. Yeah. What I'd say to you is, in what other business would that be deemed acceptable? Yeah. Yeah, it's because they're, they're captive audience. I, I think on some of these banks, they're just people and businesses don't know the options that are out there. And obviously people like you coming in to disrupt that. And I know there's other ones sort of like Starling and a couple of others. In terms of uh, sort of where you guys coming in to sort of disrupt things a little and take those customers, it is, it's handy. And would you say there is any sort of particular like example or a, a sort of, type of client that is is your ideal client other than just SME are you sort of servicing any particular industry more than the others so I think the best way of looking at this is actually through the lens of we 
launched in earnest into the market um, in March of COVID of that year that we will all never forget. Yep. And our our underlying credit appetite is unchanged. So to this day, from then, it is unchanged. And I think what that tells us is how we approach a customer type. So I think what you're effectively saying is, is there a market we're particularly keen on or is there markets we're not particularly keen on? Or just happen to attract um, yeah. just by the dint yeah. of what you offer. The, the book is well over a billion pounds now of lending. And it's incredibly well spread geographically um, in terms of business size, um, in terms of sector and, and key markets. And that's because we really have the view throughout the business that there is no, there's no sector that should have the old banking traffic light red against it. You know, that that's a nonsense. We've always called it a nonsense. And I hope we'll always call it a nonsense. There's good businesses in every market. We tend to attract those customers that are looking for certainty of funding at pace through very clear product parameters. So if you originate at scale, the one thing you have to be crystal clear on is the situations in which you can provide support and the situations in which you cannot. And too often, and definitely a big lesson from, from broker days, and I'm sure you've experienced it before, where you've been, David, is that slow march to a no, we can't help or yes. you're quick knows always best <laughs> yeah and everyone says that and it's easy to say but it's you know very few actually do it and i think you know that's sometimes i guess people's keenness to try and support and that's admirable but we have to remember every time there's an sme on the the other line of the other side of this fence i guess and and a broker typically who are trying to get real certainty and when we launched into the market we had a number of things we were crystal clear on that we've maintained to this day, which is our clarity of offering, being really clear about the product, consistency of appetite. So, you know, if two things look the same, you should broadly get the same result um, and communicating with people throughout. So if we can't get to where a customer or a broker needs us to get to, we'll be sure to tell them why and what we can do. Um, our book's pretty evenly spread between commercial investment and commercial owner-occupier um, on the commercial mortgage side of things and is predominantly hard asset HP on the AF side of things. Um, it's a very nicely balanced book. Um, we have a number of repeat customers in there already, which is always a good sign, of course. Um, and there's further product enhancements we'll, we'll be looking to deploy into the market over the coming months, including a growth finance offering um, trying to tackle the traditional view of ABL. Um, and again, looking at other ways we can apply, you know, the government's RLS scheme or various other tools at our disposal to support customers in MBOs, MBIs, um, people that may have um, not typically vanilla secured commercial mortgage opportunities. So it's always broadening it out, but always broadening out that offering with an eye on the SME. Um, one of the most interesting things and probably quite surprising actually um i didn't necessarily think it would, it would work out this way is we survey our broker partners um at least three times a year and the vast majority of product enhancements that we've deployed into the market so healthcare will be a prime example um or increasing our maximum debt size has all been as a direct result 
of broker feedback as a direct result. And I think that's probably where I'm proudest of what the team at Alica have achieved and and of our broker partners as well. I see very few lenders asking their partners what they can do better. And I think some of that is probably because they don't want to hear the answer. Um, Because it's tough to take sometimes if there's some uh, constructive criticism, I'm sure, but if there's some criticism in there. Um, But you know, it's it's our partners in the market that are best placed to tell us what the market needs. Um, I think too often a lender may, I guess, build it and they will come, take that approach, or indeed, you know, try and offer something that solves a problem that doesn't exist. Whereas we would far rather hear from the market as to what the market needs and then get as close to that as we can in terms of our own appetite and offering. Um, and we've had some significant wins from that. So probably a sign, especially in a tougher market as we are undoubtedly in now um, and will continue to be tough for a period of time. Just that communication amongst those people that are working together on behalf of these SMEs in the market to keep communicating um, and keep trying to help these businesses move forward. Yeah, because it is an interesting one because you're you're talking about the brokers. Would you say that most of your interesting, uh, most of your deals, sorry, are actually introduced by brokers or do you have a direct customer sort of any idea what the sort of percentage of new business is uh, sort of between the two? Yeah, the the majority of our new business flow is broker originated, um, but we do have um, direct relationship managers out, out in the field. Um, and we always wanted to to have that in terms of ongoing um, service. And to your point earlier about what you were told at Barclays, we wanted to reimagine what relationship banking could look like. You know, how could you best support your customers in your portfolio? Um, so our relationship managers um, have been doing just that this year. Um, and that actually came off the back of um, Alica acquiring uh, AIB's SME UK SME portfolio. So AIB exited the market and we acquired that portfolio last year. Um, so that was around 500 million of loan balances that we purchased. Oh, wow. Um, and that enabled us to hire a relationship management team with, with national coverage, which we have, but without that sort of J curve effect of building a direct to customer proposition from, from scratch. Um, so they're the customers that we acquired that are now Alica customers and have a dedicated relationship manager. Um, those customers have got current accounts, deposits, you know, various products that Alica can, Alica can address. Um, and they were given um, exclusive early access to our business current account that I mentioned earlier as well. So the majority of our new originations currently, to answer the question, are, are broker introduced and brokers will always be a critical part of our business. But we've always been really, really clear that we will have a direct to customer offering as well to support SMEs that yeah have been uh, significantly unserved for a period of time. Yeah, and when you mention it national, is that sort of England, Scotland, Wales, and Northern Ireland, or is there is it limited? Yeah, Eng- England, Scotland, Wales. Um, okay. So I guess if you look at it a different way, um, which, probably, which probably shows that we we balance it. Um, I said we're around 300 staff members um, having grown significantly again this year. 
I guess if we look at another way, like how do we support the market? Yeah, the best way of looking at is what business development and relationship management resource do you have on the pitch? Um, so from a business development manager resource perspective, we've got seven in the team for asset finance. We've got 12 in the team in commercial mortgages. And we have 21 in our direct-to-customer offering. Um, so they're very, very balanced teams. And we'll be looking to add to those again, as you would expect, um, before the end of the year and, and certainly into Q1 23, um, where we'll probably put another five or so into each of asset finance and commercial mortgages um, to make sure we can maintain those service levels that that we're, we're pretty well known for now. Um, our relationship managers have joined us from traditional banking backgrounds um, and they're a great team. They're already delighting customers, supporting customers, drawing new facilities and helping those customers grow. Um, so we're absolutely thrilled with that development for Alica. And as I said, really gave us that, that boost in terms of getting to that point of truly being a full service bank for, for these established SMEs. Yes, it, it sounds sort of great. And especially for the smaller sort of SME businesses, I think that's the is the key is somebody that actually is interested in what they're doing and can offer sort of a one-stop shop for, for all of it, which sounds very handy. Um, and I know you've alluded to it a couple of times and, and this we're going to get onto it in terms of the economy um, and sort of how we're sort of the future outlook and with sort of the base rate changes, um, obviously all the, the troubles currently that we're going through, has that impacted your sort of loan to values or rates or anything um, as you're going? Or is it, are you trying to keep it on an even keel as much as possible? Well, we try to, I think these times have caused a lot of us to um, feel that uncertainty, whether it's in our private or our professional lives. And Markets thrive best on certainty. And I don't think anyone's had much of that at the moment. The only constant has been change. Um, quite clearly, um, you know, <laughs> a number of people in the market have become economists overnight because they watch the 10 o'clock news. And I'm certainly not an economist and I try not to watch the news. But the realities have been we've needed to look at credit appetite where it makes sense to do so. So we haven't taken, as many have, a broad brush approach on Max LTV. But what we have done is um, looked to increase debt service cover requirements where it makes sense to do so. And that's really about making sure we're supporting the right customers at the right time and not storing up problems for them or for the bank in the future. And I really think if you look at what's happening out there, pricing really is only one factor. That factor gets so much attention because we've been in such a benign rate environment where you know, 25 basis points here or there, you know, could really drive new originations for commercial mortgages or asset finance because the market was that flat and you'd be an outlier being 25 basis points cheaper. But if I look across the market, where I think the challenge comes is, is cash flow, is cash flow for those customers that we're trying to support. And it would be wrong of us to not ensure there's sufficient headroom in there to make sure the transaction is the right thing today and in two, three, four, five, ten years' time. Um, so we've certainly looked at debt service cover where it makes sense to do so. Um, but we've tried to give the market as much 
clarity and consistency and communication, which we touched on earlier, as, as we can, which is be really clear about where we are, be really clear about why we've made any changes we've made. But for me, it goes far beyond headline LTV. It's such a binary measure. Um, I mean, today, so it's timely we're talking, today inflation is printed at 11.1%. And we're feeling that in our personal lives and in our, in our, you know, our customers will be feeling that as well, I'm sure. We know SMEs are a hardy bunch. We know the brokers we deal with are a very hardy bunch. And lenders across the UK are full of people trying to do the right things. Um, and I think as long as that's true and we work together, then we can we can navigate through. But it's going to be bumpy. I don't think we can look at everything that's going on, whether that's rates, um, costs for businesses, and think everything will remain the same. And for me, the first thing that's likely to happen is less transactional activity in the market. Yeah, I yeah. think if if you think about yourself, David, like if you were, you know, in the middle of a transaction at the point where all you're reading about is doom, gloom, inflation, interest rates, would you continue with that transaction versus six months ago? Um, so I think we're bound to see that come through in the, in less transactional activity. But I think fundamentally, if you look at how big that SME universe is that we spoke about earlier in terms of um, the amount of debt stock, how many businesses there are, there will be opportunities for a number of them. And we've certainly seen brokers and customers come to us with situations where they are looking to grow. Um, but for me, you can't have that much change without it resulting in some market change. And first and foremost, I think that market change will be um, lower transaction activity. Typically, I think the pressure on cash flow will mean LTV isn't the denominator. It's the cash flow that will pull back the LTV. So it's really going to be about sustainability of cash flow. And you know, probably from a lender perspective and a broker perspective, fighting really hard for transactions that you want to win in a, in a market where there's probably going to be fewer of them. Yeah, because that, that's one thing that we've been sort of looking at. And I know a lot of people's funding um, has already, just because of the sheer sort of way that they get funded, they've had to increase rates because their cost of funds have gone up um, and then pass that on to the customers then. Um, do you see a, an increase in sort of people having issues next year, sort of more defaults, more repossessions, not just from yourselves, but across the whole industry i think well i think you've got two sides of the fence to fall on is this a softer landing um they'd call it in the us so is this shorter term pain or is this is this a, a longer term play in terms of how this will play out um i'm going to sit on the fence and say it'll be somewhere in the middle you know it incre increasing inflation has been with us for some time now um, the unemployment figure has remained remarkably low for some time now. You know, we've probably been in a slightly stressed market for slightly longer than most people realise. I think what that will, will result in is, as I said, less transaction activity, but for existing customers, they're going to have to really look at every single P&L line and they're going to have to really look at any cash they've got on deposit, what returns that getting them, their debt costs 
are there opportunities to fix? I think debt costs will slowly come down. Um, but I think what it will result in is more customers needing support. And that doesn't necessarily mean the situation's terminal. I think in the short to midterm, it's more likely to be, you know, a number of customers might require a period of interest only to trade through. A number of customers indeed might require some additional funding to make the most of new opportunities, whether that's a new contract, whether that's a, uh, someone with a lease looking to buy the property that they trade from. I just think the types of situations we're asked to support on are likely to change. There'll be those that are looking opportunistically to make the most of um, opportunities that they see, but there will be customers that will require support. So we you know, focus hard on our customer service team and, um, and others in the business that can provide that support. But I also think we have to not second guess things. And we have to really just react logically, prudently and, and at pace as any challenges play out. I think it'd be quite dangerous to you know, assume you know what's going to happen here. But what we can all do is ensure that we work together, we communicate and we support those that need support um, because increased operational costs are going to bite. And a number of those will result, as we've, I'm sure, seen in our personal lives in terms of those costs being passed on. But there are those businesses where it is harder to pass on an increase in, in cost. Yeah, and I think with just a, a good general advice for anyone borrowing at the moment is if you think you're going to have any issues, have a chat with your bank, have a chat with the lender, just so you can, you know, most people, uh, at least most lenders, fairly sensible, I think, um, in terms yeah. of doing their best to help you out and treating customers fairly, because that's a, a key sort of principle. Um, and in terms of the sort of, I'm not going to ask you to sort of make any predictions or anything are coming up because you said it's virtually impossible as is. Um, but in terms of the next step for you and for Alica, um, have you got anything sort of planned coming up? Any any sort of what is your next steps? What are you hoping to sort of achieve in the next for, coming year? You're looking for an exclusive of some sort. Um, well, <laughs> if there is one, far away. It's continuing to do what we do to have an impact on our customers and brokers, but at a greater scale. Um, we're targeting a balance sheet over the next couple of years in excess of 3 billion. So there's significant growth for us to go after. Um, we're also really focused internally on our colleagues um, and what we can do around their personal development as we continue to add more staff into the business and make sure our structure's right to support our customers. Um, I don't think it's as simple as more of the same, but it's that unrelenting drive towards being that full service bank for established SMEs. Um, it's really important as well for me as well that we keep the essence of what Alica is there to do and how we go about these things. Maintain even as we grow, which can be a challenge, that real clarity of offering, that consistency of credit appetite, that level of communication that we have in the market. Um, and also that we support the market, whether that's our brokers, our direct customers, whether that's the NACFB and other industry partners. You know, we want to be that consistent, stable, supportive voice in the market. So at one end, it's about continuing to do what we do that appears to be working, appears to be delighting our customers. Um, but making sure we keep true to why we are here and we're here to help these established SMEs to thrive. And if we keep that front of mind, we keep focused on our colleague experience as well. We maintain that unwavering focus on customer satisfaction, which is 
a major metric in this business, as you can imagine. Um, I don't think we'll go far wrong. But I do think, again, to my earlier point, we mustn't go into too many crystal ball gazing predictions about what's going to happen. We just must ensure we're set up to um, react to that and be as responsive as we can um, to make sure we can do our bit to, to help if, if and when things get tough. Yeah, and on in terms of you personally, obviously, for when you do finally decide what you want to do when you grow up, <laughs> um, is there anything that you've got your eyes set on personally, or is it just growing um, within and just seeing what sort of opportunities come up? Yeah, well, when I came out of brokerage, I was actually thinking about doing an MBA, and the way I look at it is I've actually been paid to do it here. I've been exposed to <laughs> exposed to so many areas that that I hadn't before, and. Um, being supported by the management of the business and our colleagues across the business to um, make me look far more capable than I am. Um, yeah, I'm absolutely focused on making sure our customer experience is right and making sure we have significant market share and, and continues to delight our customers. And I think like all of us at the moment, you know, as long as we, I don't think I've ever skipped happily to work on a Monday morning. I don't think I've ever done that. Um, but as long as I enjoy the challenge, as long as I enjoy the stretch and I get to work with great people across the industry, um, then I'll be heading towards my carriage clock here, I think, or my pocket watch or, or whatever you get for, for long days. Yeah, no, that's great. And it's good to hear, as you know, that I've talked to quite a lot of people and a lot of them are always looking for the next big thing. Um, and if you're you're sort of very happy where you are, that's a you know, the next big something... thing I've learned, I've learned, Dave, the next big thing is often where you are, but have you got the guile to make it happen? Yeah, that is is probably what we're going to use as a quote for this one. <laughs> that is, is very good here, because that's exactly why we've started this. It, it's kind of, you know, unless you actually do something, nothing changes. Um, yeah. uh, and it's great. But um, as you can probably see, we're, we're sort of running out of time on here. So if um, where can people find you if they want to get in touch, if they want to sort of fi find out more about what you guys do and, and obviously take up some of your services, where can yeah, they get you? Best place to start is uh, alica.bank um, on our website where um, pretty easy to find exactly what you exactly what you need, um, including um, numbers for our offices in London and in Milton Keynes and in Manchester as well now. Um, so as you'd expect, um, you know, there's humans there. We're trying to do tech as well as human touch. Um, so start at the website and you should easily be able to find inquiry pages, product details and or um, a way to contact us and, and have a chat directly that's perfect and i'll have all of the links in the description on this and um yeah that's it so thanks for for spending 30 minutes with us um well slightly longer now but <laughs> yeah really appreciate it um and hopefully we'll have to get you on because this isn't long enough to to find out more about what you're doing so thanks so much for your time nick thank you david well done cheers all right take care